My iPhone says 6 o'clock, so we want to get things kicked off here right on time because I don't know about you, but I've been loving these sessions, and I would much rather hear him than hear myself rattle, so we will uh, let him begin. Uh, raise your hand if you don't have notes for tonight, if you do not have notes for tonight. Okay, we've got a little group over there and a group right here, okay? All right, I'm going to walk around. Just keep your hand up, and I'll come to you. Brother Shelby, please take it away. All right. Difference between Brother Shelby and Brother Shelby, I'm going to start calling you Dr. Hazard. No. Oh, yeah. That's, 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 uh, I'm not a doctor and you are, so, man, it's, uh, you know, Dr. Hazard. That just has a ring to it, doesn't it? You know, I said, wow, that church is aching for a break, and they got a pastor called Dr. Hazard. So, um, I'm sure you, he gets a lot of stirring up about that, doesn't he? I want to read something to you. Um, and, and, um, and then we're going to have a word of prayer. I, I think one of the most stunning statements Jesus makes is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He's been talking about the kingdom of God, and there's so much in that to, to talk about. But Jesus says that at the end, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people have said the prayer, but they haven't really believed in Jesus. Do you understand that? Just because you say, Lord, Lord, does not mean that you are a born-again child of God. Many, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You see, believing in Jesus is the person who is following Jesus. Does that make sense? And I want you to know clearly and plainly the conviction of my heart, a reason I've started this, quote, evangelism study, talking about what it means to follow Jesus. You and I need to have a careful understanding of what Jesus said and taught if we are going to help other people become followers of Christ. Amen. We are not there to get decisions. Jesus never said, go therefore and make decisions. He said, go therefore and make disciples. And you know what a disciple is? It's not just those 12 guys. Disciple means learner. Anybody who says they have believed in Jesus should be a follower of Jesus. Amen. Now, Jesus is giving a warning. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. He who does the will does the will because this person desires to please the Lord. Amen? At eight years old, when I got saved, I had one thing on my heart. I wanted to make Jesus happy because he died for me. And then Jesus says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not preach? prophesy in your name and in your name we cast out demons and in your name we performed many miracles that's probably the best church member you ever met man that makes a good Baptist doesn't mind preaching the word doesn't mind has the faith to do miracles and cast out demons in your name, well, I want to tell you something. 
the name of Jesus is so powerful that no matter who uses it, it still has the power. And sometimes you can think you're more than you are because of what you've done. But it's not what you've done. It's who you know. Knowing Jesus. Why? Because Jesus, he said, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. You know, that was one of the convictions that helped me understand if a person is saved, they cannot get lost. If so, he'd say, I used to know you. I never knew you. You preached in my name. You did wonderful things. But you know what? You weren't following me. You just had a list of religious things that you did. And I want to tell you, sharing Christ can only genuinely come out of a heart that is following Jesus. And that's the reason the Lord has convicted me that if I'm going to teach people how to share him, they need to know him. If you're going to make disciples, teaching them what I've taught, commanded you, you better know what he's commanded you. Amen? And we've been going through the things that Jesus has said. Jesus is the bedrock of this church. There is no other foundation than that which has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. And before we start building our churches and all the organization and all that on it, we better make sure we've got the best understanding of Jesus and what he wants before we start doing the work of Jesus. I never knew you. And he says, depart from me. And listen to this. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And well, they must have been bad characters. Lawlessness is when you don't follow the law, the commands of Jesus. Love one another. Deny yourself. Learn from me. Yoke up with me. Those are commands. He taught with authority. And so the person that tries to be, quote, a Christian or a church member or something where you're not building on the foundation of what Jesus said, you could be building on a false foundation, wouldn't you think? So my convict, you know why United States is where it is today in its immorality? Because we've had too many Christians, too many churches not building upon the, the solid foundations of the statements of Christ. They have followed Jesus by, they say, believe in him, come to him, learn from him, maybe go to Sunday school and learn from him, but they have a form of godliness. They've denied the reality of Jesus. I can't do that, they will say. But you talk to a follower of Jesus and he'll say, I've learned I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, following Jesus is a walk of faith. You know how it was when you first became a Christian? Wasn't it hard to let go of that pew? It was for me. I wanted to do it, but it was like, it was a heart. My feet were led. But as soon as I took one step, the rest of them flowed. And that is exactly how it is in everything Jesus says. In fact, he'll say some things to you. You say, I can't do that. And Jesus will say to you, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Now take a step. So let's pray. Let's ask the Lord. You know, we have an honored guest here tonight. Did you know that? 
His name is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we want to humble ourselves before you. There's never been a king who would die for the poorest pauper in his kingdom, yet you did. You humbled yourself. You emptied yourself. You became a servant to us, washing our feet, dying on the cross, and you've asked us to follow you. Lord, I just pray that the, with the convictions of, Lord, your spirit has put on my heart, that you would convict our hearts, that, Lord, we would desire to love you more than we've ever loved you before, and we would confess that we are poor in spirit, we're bankrupt, and we confess in mourning that, Lord, we cannot do what we would like to do. We do what we don't want to do. But, Lord, you're merciful with your grace. You can clean us, give us a pure heart, make us peacemakers, make us hungry and thirsty for your righteousness to the point that even if we're persecuted, we're willing to shine bright your light. Fill us, Holy Spirit, tonight with the openness of our hearts and minds to see what you want us to see and hear. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And I would say to you what Jesus would say, let him who has ears hear what the Spirit of God is going to say tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus said that over and over. Let him. By the way, that picture, I don't know if I told you, is an actual picture of a mountain overlooking the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Galilee in the background. The reason that means so much to me is I want to remind myself of the reality of Jesus. Although I wasn't there 2,000 years ago, I can be there in my heart and spirit. This picture of the lake you see behind me, somebody says, I want to take that home with me. Well, if the Lord wants you to, you better come up with something before you do that. Um, <laughs> the reason I got it on an email came out, so there was a group, you've seen the movie The Chosen and, you know, they took this picture of the Sea of Galilee from Capernaum where Jesus taught. And I have that in front of my office, in front of my desk, because I want to be reminded every day, Jesus is real. He walked on that water. He got in the boat that Simon Peter fished out of in that water. That is where he looked at from the, the synagogue in Capernaum. It was right there by the seashore. If you've ever seen a picture of it, it's still there today. And he taught from right there. I like the lake too. I just, I think it's part of Jesus in me. I go to the lake a lot. All right. But let, let's look tonight, and in, in, uh, this is the, the part B, I guess you would say, part two of what we started last week. How well are you listening? We're just reviewing from the, uh, several weeks ago, three weeks now. And how do you listen? I changed this a little bit because I just put Jesus in it. Remember Jesus said, be careful how you listen in Luke 8, uh, 18. Be careful how you listen, uh, because whoever has, more shall be given unto him. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. And he would say over and over everywhere, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. In the book of Revelation, to the churches, let him that has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. And that's what I'm saying to all of us tonight. Every one of you are going to hear exactly what you want to hear from God. And you can turn to spick it off at any time when you say, ah, I don't want to deal with that. The best way to deal with something that's hard to hear is on your face <laughs> in prayer with God. Amen? Amen. All right. So you don't pick and choose what Jesus says. You listen to and do what Jesus says. You fix your heart. I said fix your eyes last week, but then I started thinking about it. You do more than fix your eyes. You fix your heart. You know what the Bible's Jesus said? Your heart 
is where your treasure is. Your heart is where your treasure is. And you know what? We have a God that says the main thing I want you to do is make me your treasure. Love me with all your heart. Love me with all your heart. If there's anything you can do to get closer to the Lord is start saying, Lord, I want to love you. And I taught my grandkids, if you love someone, you're going you're gonna to respect who they are. Amen? You're going to care about what they say. You're going to care about what they want. And you're going to try to do whatever you can to please them. That's how you, when, you, when somebody loves you, that's how they love you. God wants the same thing. And, and so you, you fix your heart on Jesus. You bear fruit with perseverance. Keep pressing toward the upward call of Jesus. And so the question we began with last week was, how well are you following? And I, I wanted just to throw this up on the screen because the whole essence of witnessing or sharing your faith is just entering into this process. I call it a process because Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you to become, right? Fishers of men. It's a becoming process. He who started a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it. He's at work in your heart. So when you are evangelizing, you are sharing the good news, you're wanting to get somebody on the on-ramp to follow Jesus. That's right. You know, it's not just about making the decision, I'm going to go on the on-ramp. Well, how do you get, let's do it. Prayer, prayer. Many people are going to say it's not what you say, it's what you do that proves. Faithful that works is dead. What is that saying? It's saying if you believe it, you're gonna, there's going to be some fruit. If I believe in playing golf, you ought to see a set of golf clubs around my house somewhere, right? If I believe in fishing, there ought to be a fishing pole around somewhere. You know, if I believe in Jesus, there ought to be some fruits that say, yep, he believes all right. Amen. So um, Jesus said, go make disciples. And then he says, baptizing them. We get that part down. Baptists, we're going to count baptisms, aren't we? But I tell you what you need to be counting, count followers of Jesus. Yeah. We have people say, I went out and I won four people to the Lord. Somebody came up to D.L. Moody and said, man, you saved me last year in a revival. This guy was drunk as a buzzard. And D.L. Moody looked at him and said, I guess it was I who saved you because it wasn't Jesus. So you don't just baptize them. Jesus said, teaching them to do, observe. Folks, when we come to Sunday school, we need to do more than teach for information. We need to teach for transformation. We need to teach. You need to come willing and ready to change, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Teach them to observe all that I commanded you. Some people say, well, this thing about witnessing, that's just to the, to the, to the disciples, the 12 disciples. Well, what about the 70 others? Okay, yeah, the 70 others and the disciples. What about where Jesus says, teach him everything that I've taught you? Uh, folks, that's where some people stop listening. That's when a lot of people say, I can't do it. You know what Jesus says? You can't do nothing without me. That's when the reality of who he is, is he really in you? In 2 Corinthians, I was reading this morning, it said, if Christ is in you, he said, unless you fail the test. If you, the Bible says in Romans 8, Paul is writing, he said, talking about the spirit of Christ in you, and he says, if you do not have the spirit of Christ, you do not belong to him. Folks, I have this picture right here. I have that picture in the background to remind me it is a reality of Jesus Christ in us. And we need to stir up the power. Remember, a form of godliness, but denying the power. What power? The power of Jesus in us. We need to beg the Lord to help us understand that. 
Those who diligently seek me will surely find me. Our problem is we're not diligent. We're careless. We're, we're, we're really not in, it's not a treasure to us. When you pray, God, make you a treasure. I'm getting ready to see you. If you want to make Jesus a treasure, go back and watch The Passion, that movie. See what he did for you. Then get on your knees and say, Lord, help me. And so, and it says, I am with you. Part of this training is going to be when we talk about how the Holy Spirit, that is the Spirit of Jesus, goes with you when you're sharing him. He goes before you. He goes after you. I've learned that when I talk to somebody, if they are non-responsive and act ugly or whatever, guess what? Jesus goes to bed with them that night. You ever gone to bed and something's get on your mind, you can't go to sleep because you're thinking about it? Oh, I've seen that happening. And I've begun to understand it's really not me getting people saved, like we said earlier. It's me understanding God's at work. Am I willing to be a laborer in the field? And part of witnessing is understanding a laborer. Some of them are planting the seeds. Others are cultivating the seeds and watering the seeds. Others are harvesting the seeds. Jesus told the disciples after the woman at the well, I've sent you to reap that for which you haven't labored. You haven't done the work of planting the seeds and praying for them and cultivating their hearts. You've got to, and sometimes I've come, knocked on the door or talked to somebody, and man, they're so ready to trust Christ, it scares me. Is this real? And I find out, yeah, because they've had two years of somebody working with them, and they finally come to the place I'm ready. So I have to realize sometimes I'm just planting a seed. I don't know how this is going to turn out. It's not up to me. It's up to me to be faithful to my Lord. You know, so uh, there was one, one guy that in, uh, I think down in Australia somewhere that he would just go around and see people say, hey, have you ever thought about eternity? Where are you going to spend it with God or, or, or not? And he would just ask that something like that. I'm not giving the exact words. He would just do that. And at his funeral, thousands of people came saying, that's the person who asked me that question that got me thinking about Jesus. So see, being a light can be a little pin light. Then you learn how to get a bigger light. Then you get, you know, and, and so I am with you, he said. He's talking about witnessing. To effectively share Jesus, you need to better understand what Jesus commands those who wish to follow him. That's what we're talking about. We are called to make disciples, not get decisions. Does that make sense? You know, it takes a little bit longer to grow an oak tree than it does a squash plant. Some of us want to make squash plants. They don't last too long. But an oak tree takes time. I got a little oak tree growing right beside my deck. And it's, it's so much sun right there. There's another oak tree at the corner of my yard. I let it grow. It's about 16, 17 feet high now. This one's about two feet. But I'm going to let that sucker grow because it's going to come up. And you know what? When they, you shoot off a Roman candle, July 4th coming up, all you got to do is stick it in the mud. And that thing will shoot off. Choo, choo, choo. You can hold it in your hand. But if you're going to send a rocket ship into space, you need something like 60 feet deep of concrete. So as we're following the Lord, he wants rocket ships of people, not little Roman candles. And, and you yourselves are either a little Roman candle, just give me a little bit. I'll come to a little teaching. I'll think about it. Some of y'all are getting your heart stirred and you're saying, Lord, if the years I have left, if there's somebody I can take with me to heaven, 
Help me know that. Help me be aware of what you can do with me. Some people just send cards. Some people take gospel tracts. You see, there's a lot of different ways that you could let your light shine. You're all different, but God's got a unique handprint on you of how you can be used by him. Somebody was asking the pastor, are we going to do any role playing, you know, how to witness? And Oh, I can, witnessing is like taking off on an airplane. You first have to learn how to get into the conversation. That's hard. If you're going to fly, it's hard to take off, isn't it? A lot of things to think, well, there's different skills I can teach you about that. And then once you get flying, you ever, I've been up there and my nephew who flies, let me fly his airplane. Here, hold the controls. It's kind of cool. Turn left, turn it right. You know, once you're talking to somebody, it's easy to get going, isn't it? You just, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit kind of. But then once you get them, you know, kind of to the place of making the decision, it's like landing an airplane. Well, how do you get this person now that's ready? You know, as a pastor in Louisiana, I remember somebody came up, brought a friend, said, this person's ready to trust Christ. Here you go, pastor. And I thought to myself, I wish you knew how to do this because you'd get a joy out of this. So I said, watch me right here. And I did it. And part of the training is helping you know how to take the plane off, how to, how to cruise, how to bring it down. Uh, part of it is understanding where's the runway. You know, how to, where's the runway where there's somebody willing to talk, you know? And so all of that's involved in that. But anyway, you're, you're called to make disciples, not get decisions. If your goal is just to get disciples, you'll get sprouts with no roots and they will wilt. That's what Jesus said. Seed in the shallow soil, the rocky soil. It says they come up with joy, but when the sun comes up, they wilt because he says there's no root of understanding. That's in several gospels. In one of them, he says there's no root. Folks, when you help people come to Christ, you need to help them have a root of understanding. And you know, there's some people that I've talked to and I feel like they're kind of careless in the way they're talking about this. I don't know if they're really ready, but I'm gonna ask them. And when they say, well, yeah, I say, well, look, this sounds like something you might need to think about. Mm-hmm. But then you think about it. It's up to you. God is offering you forever a paradise, forgiveness of your sins. And this is the prayer you pray, and this is the scripture you read. I'm going to leave this with you. Now, you, you soak on this. Because I don't want somebody to think they just prayed a prayer and they're going to heaven. I want people to know they have believed in Jesus. And that's a big deal. Make sense? All right. So, you don't want shallow hearts. Genuine evangelism is sharing the gospel with the intention of making a disciple who follows Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. So, we got that settled. So, there's a big difference between believing about Jesus and believing in Jesus. It never says believe about Jesus and you'll get saved. Believe in is always the way the scripture rolls. You think about it, the devil and the demons believe about Jesus. The demons will say, we know who you are. You're the holy son of God. You're the holy one of God. They know all about him. You're, have you come to torment us before the time, they would say? But I guarantee you, the devil doesn't believe in Jesus. So you need to keep that in mind. There's a big difference. God so loved the world, they gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him. So here, here are some of the things that we've talked about. To follow him. Believe in me. Come to me, he says, and I will, all those who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Isn't that a part of following Jesus? But you better be careful. James says, be you doers of the word and not hearers only who delude themselves. God doesn't give you information just for inspiration. He gives it for transformation. And and there's some, some gut level things that you have to do sometimes, right? 
It's a struggle. Uh, but it's a good struggle because he says, you'll find rest for your souls. I'm going to yoke up with you and I'm going to help pull the yoke. Doesn't that sound good? I'm going to help you. I can, I can do everything through Christ who's pulling the yoke. <laughs> Strengthens me. All right. And then we, we talked about serving like me. He washed the disciples' feet. He said, you understand what I did? He said, if I, the master, serve you, then you ought to be serving others. So all this is about, you know, that's about ministry. He says, be fruitful, you know. Um, and, and then I love what he says in this scripture in Luke 8 where he's talking about be careful how you listen. He said, you need to understand, be careful. You haven't been called you're not faithful as all you do is attend and give offerings. You know, they ask church members a question, how do you contribute to what Jesus is doing in the world today? Attend church, and I put money in the offering plate. Let me ask you, what is your vision of what it means to follow Jesus? Really? Ever, the Bible says they're always learning, but never coming to the reality of what it's about to follow Jesus, never coming to the truth. We talked about that. So Jesus said, after he said, be careful, he said, to see in the good ground and be careful how you listen. And, and then in the next verse, after be careful how you listen, he's saying, no one after lighting a lamp covers it over with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who see, who come in may see the light. Jesus is saying, I didn't light you up with spiritual information so that you can go home and think about how wonderful it is and stop right there, right? You see, some of us, we come, we look around, well, the deacon's not doing it, or this one's not doing it, or my teacher's not doing it. Let me tell you something. The only person in this universe you need to compare yourself to is Jesus Christ. The only one you need to be concerned about who gives you instructions is Jesus. So let's, let's go ahead and, and kick on into the last part. We talked about embodying me, and that's one of the things most, er, I, I, you know, most, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's an emergency. It's a, it's a terrible thing that Jesus said when he said, if you don't abide in me, my father is going to cut you off and you're going to be burned up. It's serious. And a person who abides in Jesus is, it loves Jesus. Abide in my love. So let's, let's get into some of that. All right. He will say, deny like me. Now, you know the scripture in, in Luke's gospel in, in chapter 9, verse 23, where Jesus says, you know, he was saying to them all, you know, I like this because Jesus says to everybody sitting in the room, I don't care if you're a deacon. I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher. I don't care if you just come in here today or, or if you're just, you call yourself just a regular church member. He's saying to everybody, if you want to follow me, and someone said, well, I, I don't think I'm that person. I'm just a Christian. There's no such thing as, quote, a Christian who's not following Jesus. Would you agree? Amen. There's no such thing as somebody says, I believe in him who's not following him or seeking to follow. Now, follow him doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You and I fall flat on our face. And pastor, I was thinking of another message that I'd preach. It'd be preaching about how to live for Jesus when you don't feel worthy. It's a big one, especially in the world of sin we live in right now. The devil gets us guilty. It says, run with endurance the race that is set before you. But he says, don't get tangled up in the sin that so easily besets us. How many of you feel beset with your own sins? Unworthy. Well, thank God that the Lord's 
he, he can help, under, help us know how to walk in fellowship with him in the light, which is through confession, daily confession and, and all of that, and walk clean. Every day you got to die to yourself. Every day you got to realize, Lord, I just need to die. Messed up yesterday. I'm going to mess up today, but from right now, Lord, I'm going to... Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, but if anyone wishes to come after me, deny himself. Now, here, here's the thing about it. Right before that verse, Jesus, he, he says, the Son of Man, it's verse 22, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. He's saying, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be killed. And I'm going to come back alive on the third day. And he was saying to them all, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. You think Jesus had to deny himself when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and his sweat became drops of blood? He was writhing in anguish. Father, please, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. Now, thank God we don't have to do that. But I've got to deal with the fact that I lust in the flesh. Anybody here do that? I lust with the eyes. I say something, I want it. Y'all do that, you watch TV, that's how they get you. And then I have the boastful pride of life. I like for people to think I'm something. Now, I've described to you the old man. Any of y'all got the old man in you? Yes, you do. Don't raise your hand. So Jesus says, if you want to follow the way I'm going, it's going against the grain. The spirit is against the flesh, and the flesh is against the spirit. So you just can't do whatever you please. Paul said when he got ready to die, I fought the fight. I want to tell you, I fight the fight every day. It seems like the more I want to be like Christ, the more the devil comes after me. The more he tries to put me down, the more he wants to make me feel guilty, and the more that I need God's word to cleanse me and wash me and just come back. And, and you know, the disciples had their feet washed, and, G, and Paul, Peter said, wash all of me. And Jesus said, you don't need all of you washed. I've done that. But I do need to wash your stinking feet. And folks, we all got stinking feet, Right? And, and so deny, I'm going to die for you. I'm taking your cross. I'm asking you to, to pick up your cross. What does that mean? That means to go in a direction you don't want to go. Some of you said, I, I had somebody tell me, I, I just can't do this witnessing. He was a deacon. I just can't do this witnessing thing. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross for you either. But one thing you can do is begin praying great sweats of blood and say, Lord, help me do what you want me to do. Amen? And you humble yourself. If anyone wants to come after me, you're going to have to deal with the issue that you have an old man inside of you that you're going to say no. And you do it every day. Every day. All right. So deny like me. He says, deny, you know, uh, saying to them all, you deny yourself, but deny yourself like I've denied myself. Take up your cross and follow me. So, um, so we add one more item to here, abide in me, deny like me. We're getting into the, to the to real serious parts about witnessing because I want to tell you something. If you're not willing to hear what he said about that, you're not willing to go witnessing. Did you hear me? Nah, it's too hard. Go back and watch the, the passion. And then have a little talk with Jesus. Have a little talk with Jesus. He will tell them all about your troubles. He will hear your orders. And he will answer by and by. I like that. All right. So 
obey like me. Now, what's the scripture here? Jesus says, but so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Now, we're going to get to this in, in th this, this, this next one because obeying Jesus, listen to me, obeying Jesus goes hand in hand with loving Jesus. Keep my commandments. Abide in my love. When it gets down to it, God just wants to know that he matters to you. Not just the good parts, but the parts where he says, this is how you can say thank you to me. And he's already said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. And you think, this doesn't seem easy. I remember saying that to God sometimes. This doesn't seem easy. Well, you know what I found out? It's easy when you're walking with Jesus in the direction he wants you to go. He does the pace work. He knows not to, you ever seen somebody yoked up and it's like Jesus dragging them down the aisle, you know, they're fighting all the way. No, Jesus is going to stop. He's not going to drag you. He knows the steps you can take. We walk by faith, the Bible says. Faith in what? That as I take the steps, the Lord's going to help me. You know what? You do not want to become who you think you are. You want to become who Jesus wants you to be. And that's why Paul said, I press on to the what? The upward call. It's always going up. It's a prize. Why? Because he's my treasure. He is what I'm living for. And, and so, you know, Pastor, when, when we're talking about this, this is what I'm talking about. We have to deal with the issues of what it means to follow Jesus before we go out and try to get somebody else to follow Jesus. Or they might end up just like us. <laughs> Instead of like Jesus. All right, so this is another thing that we find in Scripture. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is saying, this is how you tell me you love me when you hear what I say and it matters to you. And you want to go in that direction. You know, there's one place there that Jesus in this scripture in John is saying that if you love me and abide with me, my Father will, will abide in you. And, and Jesus says, and I will disclose myself to you. You are going to learn more about Jesus personally than you've ever seen before. And I'll be sharing some more stories about times that I just had to take a step of faith and do what I felt God wanted me to do and watch God bless my socks off. That's what's given me the conviction of speaking the way I speak now because I've seen him at work. I've watched him. But I always know, it's like Indiana Jones. Remember that place and that he said a step of faith and, and they, he didn't know what it was, but then when he took a step, all of a sudden there was a clear glass step right there for him to step on. Remember that? It's like take a step of faith and there, wow. And once you do it, you think, I want to do that again. Yep. It's always trusting God. Always is. All right. So here's, here's the, other, the other thing that, you know, we, we've added this to it. Obey like me. Can you imagine all of that talking about follow me? You know, when Jesus says teach them of the commandments, it's almost like, Pastor, we ought to be teaching this as ground level to everybody. What does it mean to follow Jesus? All right, let's, let's kick on in here. Um, so we've done that. Now the next one, like I said, obey like me, love me. You know, I added this since last week. 
because it just hit me. That is the most important thing the entire Bible says. Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and on your mind. Put it on your doorpost. Make it a sign on your forehead. Put it everywhere. Love God. God is, Jesus is saying, if there's anything I want from you is your love. I'm willing to lay my life down. Greater love has no man than this than to lay his life down for his friend. They said, would you follow me and walk with me? You know what? We can say a lot of things about Jesus, but until we are willing to obey him and follow him to the upward call, we're not really loving him that much, are we? Can you imagine those people that were preaching and doing miracles in his name and casting out demons? When it got down to it, it was all about, I've done this and I've done that. Let me tell you something. When you start doing the things that Jesus does in you, you're going to realize I didn't do anything. (laughs) It wasn't me. It was Jesus. I'm just the pipe the water flows through. And I love it when the hot water of Jesus starts flowing through because the pipe gets warm all over. And so somebody says, man, you did a great job. All I did was try to open up. My main job is to try to keep one end open to God. That's your time with the Lord. But let me tell you something. If you don't open up the other end for God to use you like he wants to do, you're going to become like the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea takes all the water the Jordan gives it, but gives out nothing. You'll fossilize. And so you need to be careful that, like I said before, we're not here just to receive the blessings of God. We are to be a blessing through God and, and to others. And so you have to think about that. So love me. And, and we know that this John 21, if you look at that follow me, that's the scripture that is on there. Follow me. And we're going to talk about that for just a second. Because see, at the end of time, Jesus had risen from the grave. They were having a discussion at the very end. And John puts it down there. And you know the discussion. Jesus says to Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter at one time says, I'll die for you. Lord, I'll stand up for you. I'll be better for you than all the disciples. I'm the man. (laughs) I'm the rock. Really, Peter? You're going to deny me three times, not once, not twice, three times before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. I'm going to tell you something. If there's one thing I found out, I don't need to ever promise Jesus anything. I love the Sermon on the Mount because I can track it. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Hello. Bankrupt. Blessed are those who mourn. Lord, I wish I was more for you. Blessed are those that are humble. Lord, if you can use me, please do. Blessed are those that are thirsty and hungry for righteousness. Oh, God, I want you, all of you. Blessed are those that are merciful. Lord, you have mercy on me. How can I judge somebody else? How can I help them? Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Lord, I, I, I don't deserve what I've got. Your, your heart has become pure. You've confessed those sins. You're, you're now walking with God in honesty. Blessed are those that are peacemakers. The first thing you want to do when you start experiencing God doing that in your heart, you want to be a peacemaker in somebody else's life. How can I help you have peace with God the way I have peace with God? And those are things you do every day. But these are spiritual things. Everything. Jesus said, my word is spirit and they are life. Jesus said to, to Peter, do you love me more? But he uses, you know, the word agape. Do you agape? That's the highest level, the sacrificial love. And Peter learns he can't do that anymore. Yes, I phileo you. Yes, Lord, you know I love you like a brother. And Jesus said to him, take care of my lambs. Here's the thing. Jesus knows you cannot agape him. 
Jesus needed Peter to know the same way as he wants us to know. There is absolutely no way you're going to be a showcase as a disciple for Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not a showcase. At the other end of that, there's not a single person here that is so low that God can't use you. Because the, 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 the issue is, are you willing to say, Lord, here I am, send me? You know, and, and so, you know, do you love me is the question that the Lord is, is asking. He talks with Peter. They, he says it three times. Finally, he asks Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a brother? And it said it grieved Peter's heart because it hit him at the spot where Jesus was saying, I know you can't agape me, but can you at least love me? And isn't that what we can say to the Lord? Lord, I want to love you. Amen. Amen. Speak and help me follow. See, believing in Jesus is believing in Jesus, not just what he did on the cross, but what he can do in your heart right now, what he wants to do. It's believing that, accepting that. At the end of that conversation, this is so beautiful. Because Jesus says to Peter, he says, Peter, the day is going to come where they're going to take you where you don't want to go. Jesus was telling Peter he was going to be killed. And, and Peter looked at John and he said, well, what about him? You know, isn't that so fleshly of us? We're asked to do something and you look around, where well, are they doing it? Right? I've had people that got saved and got into my church and I'd take them and teach them how to witness and they started going out for two, three months and then one day they'd stop and say, how come the deacons aren't going out? It's a good question. Hard question to answer. I was at a church in, in, while I pastored in Louisiana, Pine Grove Baptist Church in Livingston, Louisiana. We were building a building on Saturday all day and that afternoon I got convicted about all this. I said, man, there's eight deacons. Would one of you go with me and, and rotate so you would only go once every two months? I just would like for you to go witnessing with me because we need to do that. That's what God has called us to do. You know that every deacon started coming up with excuses except for one. One of them said, well, I believe the Holy Spirit when he wants me to witness, he'll let me know. So, well, that sounds good, doesn't it? I don't know you. You're, you're lawless. You don't follow me. The others just, well, I, I just can't do that. I said, I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to go with me. Pray for me. You don't know, you might find something you might want to say while you're there, but they wouldn't do it. So I went out by myself, except for the one guy would, would go with me periodically. Um, you know, so he, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter says, well, what about him? Let me tell you something. You are going to stand before Jesus all by yourself. He is not going to take it as, as an excuse that somebody else in the church who is a leader or whatever is not doing this. Let me tell you something. If you're a leader, Jesus said, or I think it was James says, let not many of you be called teachers. You will suffer the greater condemnation. If you have not given the example of what Jesus says to do, when you stand before the Lord, it's going to be a spanking. You'll be saved. But Jesus is serious. He talks about stuff like that. So, and Jesus says to him, he says, when he had spoken this, Jesus said to him, follow me. You know why that just, just goes deep in my heart? The first words of Jesus was follow me. 
the last words of Jesus is follow me. There is never, ever a time in your life or mine, regardless if I got my MDiv at New Orleans, I got my master's in religion, I mean my, my, my bachelor in religion at Sanford, I've been a pastor for 40 years, I've done this, I can add all that stuff up. But I'm going to tell you something, there's never a reason why I'm let off the hook from following Jesus now. I see my retirement as an opportunity to have more of a focus on Jesus. And I struggle with that. I got me a deck boat, a fishing boat, and just got a sailboat. And now I'm thinking, Lord, I probably need to get rid of some of this stuff, don't I? And I am. And you'll wrestle with things, right? But you're always saying, Lord, your will be done. Help me know what to do. And that's why I say it's a good thing to have a visitation one night a week because it's like, I'm doing this. Regardless of everything else I'm doing, I'm going to take one day and I'm going to give that evening, that time to the Lord to just be a witness and somehow. And I'm not talking about just knocking on doors. Some of y'all like to do that. Yahoo! Let's go see somebody and get killed. Some of y'all are like, I, I'm scared to death. I can't do that, but I'll stand behind them and watch them get slapped or something. Well, I need somebody to keep records, you know, because I'm talking. I need somebody to write down the information and stuff that was said, that, you know, and maybe somebody else that'll just sit in the car watching in case they need to call 911. I need somebody else at the church who's there kind of getting things. Somebody bring some refreshments. There's a lot of people that can be involved. But the question is, do you have a heart for Jesus? Do you have a good heart? A heart that says, Lord, I don't know, it's just a little lunch of some few fish and a few pieces of bread, but you can have it if you want it. Isn't it amazing what God can do with so little? Remember that widow, Jesus said she gave two little half cents or whatever it was? Jesus said she gave more. See, it's not how much you have, but it's how much Jesus has of you. Isn't that beautiful? And so follow me is the call at the beginning. It's the call at the end. It's the, fall, it's the call. And even Paul in his later years, I count everything but lost that I might know him. He says, I am running the race that is set before me. And, and he says, I press on for the upward call. So you have love me. And then you, you, you're going to have this one, love like me. Whoo, that's a big one. Lord, you died. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus will never cease to challenge you to become like him. Never. Don't care what degrees, what position, what experience. Jesus will never stop challenging you. And you're going to find out here in just a minute. But he says, this is my, my commandment. He says, this is what I am telling you guys to the 12 disciples in his last days before, the last evening before he was about to be betrayed and, and crucified the next day. Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. Love like me. I love the scripture and have spent some, so many mornings just thinking about this because it reminds me of who I need to be. Philippians 2. Have this attitude in yourself that was in Jesus. Amen? Then it says that although he existed in the form of God, emptied himself, taken the form of a bond, Jesus, the Son of God, became a servant of me when he died on the cross. How can I not become a servant of his? You see, I don't want to come in here and teach you a little pony trick of here's five things to do to witness. I want to teach you to love God with all your heart to say, Lord, help me know how I can fit into this thing. That's what we've got to do. 
And, 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 he, and, and it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Not just death, but a cruel death. And that just says, tells, you know, my flesh is a big problem. That boy don't want to do the things Jesus wants him to do. Lord, if I'm going to love like you, I, I, I don't know if I want to give that much. That's why the old guy's got to die. The Bible says, putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Paul said, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. Christ lives in me. I no longer live in the life that I live now. I live by faith in the Son of God. You know, I thought about that a lot, a lot, a lot of times. And it's easy to say Jesus lives in me. Amen? Amen, he lives in me. Everybody get excited and jump up and down. You know, let's have worship and celebration. But for you to say, I no longer live, that's where the water hits the wheel. That's where the rubber hits the road. And it's an everyday thing. Lord, I don't want to live today. I'm so angry at so-and-so, but Lord, help me. I'm going to forgive them and try to do something good to overcome evil. That's what your word says. And that's what you deal with. You have to deal with the old, y'all got, you know, look at the person next to you. Look at the person next to you. You might be looking at the second most selfish person in the world. I'll tell you who the first one is. You follow what I'm saying? I saw that at a marriage conference one time. I thought it was hilarious. So look at your husband. Look at your wife. They're looking at each other. You're looking at the second most selfish person in the whole world. You know, we're supposed to love each other, aren't we, as husbands and wives and family, but don't we get upset and carry things around and all that? We do. We, we, we deal with that. But you know, Jesus said, I'm going to get a yoke. I'm going to help carry this because I need to help you know how I can be inside of you. And you're not going to learn that unless you kind of step out of the boat a little bit. So he humbled himself. You, that's what you do. You humble himself. Why? Because you love him. Because you want to love like him. And then Jesus says, go for me. Go for me. And I, I love this. You know, when he comes in and stands among the disciples, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Those are the commands of Jesus. And somebody says, I don't go, but I send the money. Well, what can you do? I don't know. In the same way he forms every snowflake different, he's got everybody in here with an opportunity to be involved with him. We just got to get on the road and start going. And you can't direct something if it's sitting still. You ever know that? I get on my tractor on my little zero turn and without it going anywhere, I can't drive it left or right. But once I pull those little things back, here we go. Well, that's how it is with the Lord. You just say, Lord, here I am. And, and then you start out. Now, keep in mind, those that have bear, or bear fruit, they bear fruit with perseverance. That means you got to hang in there. Paul didn't say, I tag along. He said, I press on. <laughs> he didn't say, I casually go along. I press on. I fought the fight. I've kept my, I finished my course. I've kept the faith. And there's something waiting for me at the foot of Jesus, who is my Lord and Savior, who I serve. So Jesus says, go for me. Go, therefore, make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. And so go for me. There's one more. And you know what? To me, this seals the deal. This answers any question you might have as far as you mean as an ordinary Christian? I'm supposed to do these things? Well, you've already heard the big hint in the Great Commission, teach them all that I've commanded you. But if there's any question, this one verse, when I saw it, it just like humbled me because I realized 
that's what I, the ultimate that I've got to do. Jesus says, become like me. And I read there in the Gospel of Luke, which is Luke's rendition of the Sermon on the Mount, which that Sermon on the Mount wasn't just one time. I imagine he preached it a lot. It was the message of the kingdom. And Jesus said, a pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he's been fully trained will be like his teacher. That tells me that I will have a never-ending uh, you know, goal and process of my life to becoming like Jesus. Amen? The question is, are you digging deep? Jesus said, those who hear what I say and act upon it, like the man who digs deep to put his foundation on a rock. I want to dig deep for Jesus, don't you? I don't want to be a little, you know, paddle uh, shovel in the sand kind of guy. I just, and it, it, I might fall back two steps, but I'm going back three. You know, I'm just going to press on. And so in your heart, you've got to make that decision. Be careful how you listen to the churches that, in, in Revelation. Let him have ears to hear. Hear what the Spirit is saying. You hear as much from what Jesus says that you want to hear. And folks, you can't look to your neighbor or anybody else, can you? Aren't these words that we ought to think about? You know, I said somebody that, you know, I've been working on this since I've been retired. Actually, I've been reading this for over five years as a pastor. Just trying to just cut through the, the jungle. What is it that Jesus says to do? What is at the heart of what he says? Become like me. And so I close with this tonight. When we started out that first Sunday, we preached about walk worthy of the calling. Does everybody here understand you have a calling from Jesus? All these things we've said, live, love like me, serve like me, deny like me, that's the calling. Calling, come, love me. Here's how you can love me. It's easier to say I love Jesus when you sing how great thou art. Oh, Lord, my God. And everybody says, oh, I love that. Oh, do it, do it, do it, you know. Love is when you act upon what he says. Ephesians, it says, there, um, Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 1, therefore I, I'm the prisoner of the Lord. What a testimony. You know, there's another book in Romans where it, it's cool. Paul is writing a letter, I think it's to Timothy, and at the end he's saying, so and so says thank you, and how do you do, and so and so greets you. And then he says, and the household of Caesar greets you. He's writing from Rome, and I'm thinking, holy smokes, Paul, who loved Jesus, kept following to the point that his life impacted the very people in the house of Caesar. Isn't that cool? I don't know who you can impact, but God does. And I'm going to tell you something. Anybody you see in heaven that says, I'm here because of what you helped me understand will be an eternal friend. And I've got a story to tell you about that in, in one of these upcoming sessions that just blew my mind and just replenished my heart with a desire to serve the Lord. He says you need to walk worthy of the calling. And Ephesians 4.15, after listing all these, the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the, the preacher, the evangelist, and all of these, so that we are to grow up in all aspects into him. In, become like me, 
grow into him who is the head, even Christ. That's a challenge, isn't it? Every time you walk in this building, you say, Lord, help me become more like you. We know that, but it's not until you break it down to everything that he says that you realize that's a big deal. And then when you go to help somebody come to Christ, you realize it's a big deal to get somebody to do what Jesus said to, to, to Paul, turn them from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to the kingdom of God. And I promise you, you're really not doing it, but God's using you to do that. And we're going to be talking about that. We've kind of spent this time kind of getting the soil. You know, when you get ready to plant a garden, first thing you do is break the soil up, get it all aerated and everything. That's what we've been doing. We come back next Wednesday night, and we're going to be starting to focus on what are the biblical principles of personal evangelism. There's so many amazing ones that fits what we're talking about here. And so we'll, we'll be doing that. Um, and I just, just want to just kind of put this up here. This, Paul is such a wonderful example. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. Even a guy that was a missionary and a, a committed guy like him, he says, I ain't there yet. Anybody, can I hear a witness? Everybody here says, I'm not there yet. Not there yet. Even the greatest one, I ain't there yet. But there's one thing <laughs> that I do. Forgetting what lies behind. You know what that means? You better forget about any kudos you think you got with Jesus if you're not following him today. Follow what I'm saying? You know, forget the past. Forget what's behind and reaching forward. You just hear him preaching forward to what's ahead. And he says, I press on toward the goal. What is the goal? It's the prize. The prize for Jesus to say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, now come into the kingdom that is prepared for you. Jesus said to the, those that are persecuted for him, and, and we're going to study what Jesus said when he sent his 12 out. He says, I send you like lambs among wolves. It's intimidating, right? Jesus said that's how it is, especially when you get persecuted or people snub you or whatever. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Great is your reward in heaven. Folks, we need to start thinking less about our 401K on earth and thinking more of our 401K in heaven. Because this one's going to go one way or the other. Somebody else is going to get it. But what you do in the name of Jesus from your heart and following him. Jesus says, great is your reward. There's something waiting for you. Isn't that good? Oh, I just love this stuff. And I just, brother, thank you for letting me come. I just want to tell you, thank you so much, Dr. Hazard. <laughs> and, and so that, you know, it, it's just walking worthy, amen? It's just walking worthy. Brother, thank you so much for letting me come. Amen. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Man, you're good, Shelby. Thank you, brother. Uh, Jesus, just, brother. I, I know, I know, I know. But, but he's using you. There's no question about that. Y'all give him one more round of applause, please. Yes. 
Now, just in case you're wondering, I, I don't leave the building and go anywhere else. I'm sitting back there in the back row catching latecomers as they come in to give them the notes because I'm, I'm hoping these notes are fantastic. Have you noticed how he's doing them? Each evening he puts, I mean, each session he goes back and gives you a little review and kind of and builds upon it. So if you'll go back and keep up every week, um, we should be equipped and, and ready to begin to get outside the walls. Now, we've talked about that. We don't know exactly when. We, don't wanna, we definitely don't want to rush anything. But at some point, I want you to be praying about this. Um, you don't have to, okay, but, but we want people to definitely believe that they're called to do it and you've got the courage to do it. But at some point, we're probably going to begin to try to get groups. And on Sunday evenings, probably... I don't know, four or five, just at a time to be decided, we will probably meet here and pray and then go out into the community for probably an hour and just try to not kill ourselves, but to do just a, just a few evangelistic visits somewhere that's predetermined by, by us, by the group, and then come back that evening, kind of debrief how it goes. And then, and then if, if we have some, some good stories, good testimonies, that following Wednesday night, uh, we'll, we'll celebrate those here at the church. Now, I don't know when this is going to happen, okay? So just be patient. It may be within the next two weeks. It may take a month. I, I, I don't know, but we're, we're together on that, I believe. Yes, We've talked absolutely. about that. And Abs- yeah, just, he, he was just, so excited last Wednesday. <laughs> last Wednesday night, he called me Thursday morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, something like that. I was up at 4. I just had yeah, okay, to wait yeah, for you to Yeah, you waited until 7 or 7.30. But I was having coffee, and I was sitting on my couch looking out the sunroom, you know, just thinking about the day. And uh, so I called him up, and we talked for an, an hour. I mean, I was late to work and everything. It was your fault I was late to work. But anyway, uh, it, was, it, was a worthy, it was a worthy reason to be late. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, That's yes. what we're talking about. And yeah. so we talked about that for, for a good hour. And so we're, we really believe that, that that's where God is leading us in this. Um, I mean, we, we talk the talk, and it's going to be soon, soon time to walk the walk. Can you all amen that? That and was the, the kind thing, of weak. Can you all amen that? Yeah. Okay. All right, all <laughs> the right. thing I wanted to add in there, talking about going yeah, out. yeah. It's a very, very simple, exciting thing. All you want to do is love people. Don't even worry about what to say. Love people. If God opens up an opportunity, you use it. But to me, when you learn to just go, when you knock on a door, if we do that or whatever, or visit people that have visited the church, all you want to do is say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, and you let the Lord lead you. You know how to love people. I've watched y'all love each other. He, uh, I shared, was it last, did, did I share you a story last, last Wednesday? I shared a, just a brief thing with him. Uh, I won't use names just because I'm, I'm hoping that I can get this family to come to church. But I was at a specific store uh, sitting in the store for a second. And my son, got, Micah, got out to go in. And, and, and this lady was walking down through there. And I, I can't remember what I said to her, but I, I struck up conversation with her for just a second and and talk got around to um, my uh, some some addiction issues and some other things, and I shared that I had that background, and, and the door just opened up, and guess what they're trying to do? They're looking for a church, <laughs> and so so that's what he means by look for people that are that are already listening because they were already thinking. God already had them in a place of thinking about about going somewhere, and so I, I told her, you know. One day in the in next week or this week, I'm going to swing by, give you a card so you can come by and uh, and come visit us. And then and then yesterday, I think it was, there was a couple of benevolence uh, came through, and uh, we we helped this man out with some gas. He was at the church, and I went over there to the gas station and gave him some gas. And through talking to him, he and his wife were struggling on their way to Florida, uh, going to a uh, some form of recovery uh, place because they were struggling with drug addiction. 
again, opened up the door for a testimony about Jesus. I sat there while we were pumping fuel, and I told him about my walk and what God had done in my life, and that Jesus was the only answer, and that, that he, he can do self-help till the, till the cows come home, and it's not going to change him. He's not going to be changed until Jesus steps out of heaven and steps into their hearts and changes their life. And he listened. I mean, he had ears to hear. Now, I, he didn't pray to receive Christ right at that moment or anything, but I told him if he had any questions, you know, please call us. I gave him a card and all that. So those types of things, if you will just be available and willing to speak and love people and engage them. And both of those things were in public places. I mean, there was no real risk of, of anything weird happening. They were both right outside a convenience store. So there are people all around us all the time in the community that God is dealing with. And all we have to do is just begin the conversation. So thank you again, brother. Uh, some quick announcements, and then we'll, uh, we'll call it a night. Uh, Tim and Robin Maline's granddaughter, Lachlan, is having eye surgery on both eyes this Friday at 6.30. So they've requested for pray prayer for her. Uh, James Tomlinson, the son of Jeff and Carol Tomlinson, is in a lot of pain. He's having a kidney stone, a big one uh, that, that has not passed yet. So he is, he is in a lot of pain. So please pray for James. Um, sympathy and prayers for Juan East Winchester and Wayne Odom and the death of their brother, Guy Odom. Get this, Guy was 101 years old. How about that? 101. Uh, and then prayers for the workers and girls attending Lighthouse Christian Camp. And tomorrow there is a celebration. Does anybody know what that is? John Upchurch turns 90 years old tomorrow. Is he in here? John, are you in here? No, he's not in here. Okay. He's watching. Okay, well, happy birthday, John. Happy, earlier, happy birthday. <laughs> and then also Carol Gentry. Um, Carol Gentry was admitted to St. Thomas today with some heart issues. We don't know exactly uh, what's going on there. We didn't get the details. We'll call and check on them either this evening or tomorrow morning. So. Fluid removed. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, anything else before I pray and we'd be dismissed? Of course. All right. Okay. Well, talking about John the Baptist preparing the way. Yeah. Uh, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Yeah. Now, the word forcefully in that, it don't mean that we're going forcefully to knock on people's doors. Right. We're not killing we're, people. Yeah. We're going to come, it means we're going to come up with some resistance. Like, yeah. it's not going to be easy. Right. But we're, you go out and witness, you're doing kingdom work. Yeah. And you're doing what, we're following in the footsteps of John the Baptist. Yeah, great, great, great word, Raymond. Thank you very much. And your lovely wife, Teresa. Good to have you all here tonight. All right, anything else? All right, would you all stand? And I will pray us and dismiss us. Pray us out. Live feed, good night. We're going to pray, pray out and close this out. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another fantastic session, uh, a biblical session, a deeply theological session where we are being equipped in the depths of our hearts with your word to, to know how to believe right, to be anchored in the word as we go out to abide in you and know that it is by your power that these things happen, that all we have to do is be a vessel, a vessel of mercy to go out 
and to speak your truth to those that will hear it, Lord, and incredible things will happen. Thank you so much for these sessions. I pray that you will continue to lead us and guide us and help us as we hope that we are on the verge of revival here at Parkway Baptist Church and to see some incredible things happen in this community. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, good night, everybody. Good night, live feed people. Good night.